Hello Gems! Welcome to another episode of TRs in Tech. I'm your host, Shelley Benhoff, and today I'm talking to Andrea Chial about female leadership in tech. She is the Chief Operating Officer at Fibo, which is a really great app that I actually use for health information. We talked about the struggles of female leadership, her process in obtaining funding for her company, and how they drive innovation for their users. Without further ado, on to the episode. Hey, Andrea, thank you so much for being here. I, I appreciate it a lot. Hi, Shelly. Thank you for having me here. I'm like extremely excited and I read a little bit about your podcast. I went online and I really like admire the work you've been doing and your mission, your overall mission. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's really um, important to me to inspire and lift up marginalized people um, in tech. You know, like we are responsible for a lot of change in the world in tech. So I would I would like to see more inclusion. Yeah. And inspire inspire others to, you know, just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have a really cool app. Is it called Fibo, right? Called Fibo. Fibo. Yes. I have installed it um, and I have started to use it. I like it a lot. I like um, healthcare apps. I have um, asthma, anxiety, and I'm bipolar as well. So having like one, one app to serve all of those things instead of like the five that I had was really great for me. I just was wondering, you know, tell us how it, it started. Okay. Um, so first of all, thank you for trying out Feeble. I think it's a product that's been in the works for the past two years. It's taken us a while to be where we are today. And obviously we want to grow Feeble more and cater to our users' needs. But Feeble started about two and a half years ago when our founder and chairman, Nick, he's been working in the industry for about 25 years and he's been working in clinical research, clinical trials. And his biggest frustration has been first, Lack of information patients have. There's so little access to information. You can go on Google search and there's so many articles out there. You might not know if they're real, what they're saying is real. If you go on social media, there's so many things that need to be filtered out. Um, we've seen with COVID, we had another pandemic that was called the misinformation pandemic. So you'd go on Facebook and you'd see remedies for COVID. Oh, drink some water and ginger, it's gonna help. So after seeing this first station and the lack of tools patients had to learn more about their conditions and their treatments and possibilities, Nick created Fibo. So Fibo was created to empower patients, give them the information they needed, give them the tools. And that's what we've been trying to do for the past two years is empower our users, give you the tools, give you access to validated medical information, and even connect you with other people similar to you in similar situations. So we put this on one place. And if I were to describe people in one phrase, it'd be the one place to manage your condition. Absolutely. I, I love that. As, as I just said, like I, I have multiple apps to manage all my conditions and 
The one thing that struck me was the news articles part of it. I I definitely saw that it was reputable stuff because if you Google your conditions, like WebMD or whatever well, else, will generally tell you you have cancer. <laughs> One of my friends, she uses she she uses these apps, and she's like, "Oh, I went on the symptom tracker, and I think I have this condition." I'm like, "Are you sure you have that? Have you read? Have you gone on like medical journals? Have you seen like validated information?" And she's like, "No, I just did like the symptom tracker, and I think I have this." So I think it's a way, obviously we cannot replace a doctor by any means. Absolutely. I, we cannot say that we're gonna give you a diagnosis, but we can give you the tools for you to educate yourselves. And I think the educated patient is the one that is the most successful in terms of treatment and sort of controlling their conditions. Absolutely, yeah. The one thing that I find, I don't know, hilarious slash scary, is that on um, Reddit, especially, I'm in support groups for a whole bunch of different things. The number one thing that people ask in those groups are things that they should ask their doctor. And then if other people are like responding, you know, they're not doctors. They're just other people who experience this stuff. So I think that people need to take into consideration their doctor's point of view and maybe incorporate these stories, but not everything works the same for everybody, for every condition, I'd say. Yeah. And it, um, I just, people that listen to non-doctors, there's not enough of a sigh for me on that because at the start of COVID in March of 2020, I was the lead developer for the Johns Hopkins Health website. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we started to get like a million hits a day, but I was very proud to have that job because that was accurate scientific information. And I largely leaned on that. Like as, as I was working, if, if I had a question, I would seek out a test page, you know, on that subject, just so I could read it. (laughs) We developed a patent pending algorithm that filters out anything that's considered, I would say, like non-validated medical news. We had a team of experts go through a list of thousands of sources and everything has been validated. So any article or journal, medical journal you find on FIBO is considered real information. I love and that. Use Actually, one of our users we were having a conversation. We tend to have focus groups with our users and something he mentioned that really struck me out is, he was like, Andrea, whenever I go on Google, there's things I found on FIBA that I would never would have found on a Google search. So he said, your algorithm and your search tool is so powerful. I actually found a possible treatment on FIBA that I would have never would have found on Google. Wow, that's powerful. That is very powerful. Yeah, so... um. How has your journey happened as a female chief operating officer of this, you know, startup app company? And how do you see um, leadership, you know, as a woman? Um, So my journey started about three years ago. Um, I met our chairman, Nick. 
many years ago when I was doing my undergrad and I then moved to DC and we got in touch. He knew I was doing my master's degree. And after school, I knew I wanted to do something different. I'd been working in a corporate, large corporations for many years. And I wanted to do something actually different. I wanted to work for something that actually made a difference in society and something that was impactful in a way. So Nick called me and he was like, why don't you fly to LA? Let me pitch you this really good idea I have. And I think you'd be a great addition to my team. So I fly out to LA. Um, he pitches FIBO to me and I think about it for a couple of days and I knew this was something I wanted to do. It's something different. It's something impactful. And having been at FIBO for the past two years, it makes me feel really good that I've been able to help our users, even if it's in a small way. I remember when our user told us, one of our users told us that he was using our search tool to help him find possible treatments. That just gave me this, it gave me more of a purpose to what I'm doing. And in terms of being a leader, of course, it is hard being a woman, especially in tech and healthcare, which is extremely male dominated. Um, I Sometimes I felt I had to sort of work harder towards what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. Of course, it can be mentally tolling, it can be difficult, but something that I know is, and I know like deep inside of me is that if I believe in myself, if I believe in my product and my mission, I think I can be successful. Absolutely. And I think also part of being a leader is building a really good team. And that's something that I've, we've been working on building for the past few years. We really tried getting smart people, people are, that have really good attitudes and are willing to contribute. Uh, FIBO is a fairly young team and we're very open to new ideas, innovation, and it doesn't take a long time to develop a new tool or have something approved because we want to innovate. Absolutely. I, that's awesome. I think that one of the hardest parts for any leader is, you know, launching your team and finding the right talent, especially right now when, you know, we're in this period where people are quitting their jobs and there's a lot of talent out there. Um, and making sure that people, um, have a, you know, career path and have like a, um, purpose at work, I think is the, the key right now in the, um, tech industry. Yeah. Um, I think that, women in tech roles, especially, um, it's, it's just a matter of immediate respect. I think that any, any female leader should be, um, not questioned as to every decision that she makes. (laughs) Yeah. Something that I've struggled with, um, in the past, but I think, it just will take this um, culture shift, which COVID is, you know, extremely um, accelerating the culture shift. People want to work from home, but some people want to work in the office. So you need to have a hybrid setup and all of this um, stuff. It's, it's really um, hard. 
I'm not sure where I'm going with this. I'm sorry I got off on a tangent, but that's, that's a podcast, you know, it's just <laughs> things go the way they go and that's fine. Um, so unlike my company with a traditional tech startup, you need money. Like I just, it took me five years to get to a point where I could like quit my job and do my company because I never took any like loans. Um, cause you know, I'm an author and all of that. That's not really how you operate a personal brand. Maybe I'm not sure. How was the whole experience with seeking funds and all of that? I've, I've actually never talked to anybody that has done that. So it's something I had never done before. Um, it is extreme. At first, it can be very scary because if you don't have experience doing this and you're trying to sell your product and have people trust in you and believe in your product, it's it's like selling something. It's like being a salesperson. At first, it was very hard for me. I think I did not know. I, I don't think I was mentally ready for what was coming for me. I thought it'd be easier than it actually was. And I put myself a time frame. So our co-founder and I, what we did is I set myself a goal. We were like, we need to raise this amount of money in the next three months. And I just worked on it 24 seven. I'd be like pitching, sending out emails, practicing my pitch. And of course you will get lots of no's. You will be rejected several times, but you can't let that stop you from reaching that goal you set yourself three months ago. Um, there'd be days where I'd question myself and be like, is this what I'm doing? Like what I want to do, is this worth it? Like the time I'm spending in pitching and I've gotten so many rejections, is there something wrong with my product? That's when you start questioning what you're doing. But that's when I shifted my mindset and started believing more in my product and the way I sold my product when I was pitching. And the more I pitched, the more I sold my product, the more comfortable I got. And I think it was more about being assertive, believing in your product and selling your idea. It is really hard, but in the end, it is extremely rewarding once you close that round and you, you see what you've done. For me, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I never thought I could raise money or people believing in me that I could raise money or lead a company. But after seeing what I've done for the past three months, it's seeking funds, asking for money and in exchange for, I give you my product and you give me some money. It was hard, of course. It was mentally tolling. I think my mental health was at a point where I really needed a break. And I was questioning a lot of my choices, but you know, that's when you pull through, you really test your strength and I finally achieved it. And it felt really good. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack for me there. Wow. Um, first of all, congratulations. I think what you have done is nothing short of amazing. There actually isn't a word for it. It's like more, more than amazing, amazing infinity. And, um, I, what you said about believing in your product, believing in yourself, that is very, very powerful as women. A lot of the time we have a lot of, you know, 
internalized stuff. We're very hard on ourselves. We question ourselves a lot. This is like a a trend I've seen with every single guest, honestly. And um, how did you um, turn it around? Like what support helped you push through imposter syndrome and like believe in yourself? Um, I think as I saw progress in my pitches, I saw that there was, of course, from pitch one to the 200 pitch you're doing, I saw improvement. So I was like, okay, I can actually do this. If I was this nervous in my first pitch and maybe I wasn't selling it as well, I started practicing and I started getting more encouragement from investors that when they started seeing potential in what I was selling, that gave me more confidence to keep on selling. And I think also support from my family. My family has been extremely supportive with me. Um, they've been with me and they they would always tell me, like, Andrea, you need to trust in your product. You need to sell it well. You need to trust in yourself. And I think one of my biggest flaws, I think, is I question myself a lot. We all and do. <laughs> sometimes I, I don't think I can do this or like maybe I'm not good enough. And partly is because maybe as women, we question ourselves because maybe we're not, we don't see ourselves in these positions. Like, I never saw myself seeking funds for a startup. I never saw myself next to my co-founder and leading a group of developers and leading a group of a company. I never saw myself doing this. But once you see things happening, that's when I shifted my, ma- my mindset and stopped putting this wall on myself that I could not do it. Because, of course, I can do it. I think if you set yourself your mission, everyone can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to believe in yourself and your product or, you know, skills and just in, in general. Um, I, I talk to so many women who just question themselves all the time, including me. I was actually doing it this morning. And then I, I got an email complimenting me on something that I was worried about. And I was like, I'm wasting my time and energy worrying about this stuff, but it still um, happens occasionally, I guess. Um, what was the other thing? Ah, oh, yes. The whole like practice makes perfect. Yes. I, th- I think that is really, really great that you um, did presentation after presentation to <laughs> gain funds. Hours. I remember going in front of my mirror, practicing and just fine tuning everything. And after every pitch, I would, oh, why did I say that? And question myself again. Why would I say that? I didn't sound smart enough or I didn't sound like I can lead a company. But I started letting things go and focusing my energies on things I can't control. Um, I, I used to focus my energies a lot on things that were out of my control. And something that I said, okay, I said it, it's fine. And then I'll move on to the next. You'll have another opportunity to say something else. So focusing all my energies in things that I can control and be a part of and change than forgetting about things that are completely out of my control. That is fantastic advice. You know, that's something that my therapist actually says to me a lot because I am a control freak. I want to make sure, you know, I, I know what's going to happen that day and nothing is thrown at me that is going to cause a panic attack or something like that. But, um, I've, I've learned to let it go somewhat. I'm still on my journey. So 
one of the biggest, I think, topics I've seen also with our users in FIBO is anxiety and depression. Um, a lot of your users comment they want to find ways to cope with anxiety or depression, and we've been trying to build tools to help them. We also have a symptom tracker that allows you to see, oh, how is my, I guess, my symptoms affecting my physical well-being? So we're putting all these tools together to help our patients with their conditions too. Excellent. I I can't believe that you just segued to that for me, but I was also going to touch on the mental health aspect um, because I, I am doing a lot in that space um, currently. And I, I actually use your app mainly for that. Um, so we have a feature on our app, it's called Connect. And it was actually developed from a focus group we have with seven patients. Something that I learned from my conversations that I have with our patients is most of them want to be able to relate to someone that's been going through what they're going, or let's say you've been recently diagnosed with a condition. The first thing you want to do is maybe talk to someone that's been through it or someone that can relate to what you're going through. So FIBO Connect was developed to connect patients with similar conditions and similar journeys. And it gives you an opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with this other person. And it could be sort of like buddies. I think it's a tool that we developed because we know that they didn't feel as comfortable going on forums or public spaces talking about conditions. So it was built to help them connect with others and give them the privacy they need. Absolutely. I am all for connecting with other people that have your condition. I, you know, as I said, I'm in support groups on Reddit for everything that I have. Um, and it's, it's really helpful to know that you're not alone, especially when you're dealing with mental health stuff. And the past two years, I mean, we've seen a huge trend with the decline in people's mental health because we've been in a pandemic for two years. Like no one really anticipated um, that it would go on this long. And I think that, well, me personally, because I'm so, you know, open and honest about everything that I'm going through, I have people messaged me these like heartbreaking stories and how they've lost people and their careers have like stalled and all of that stuff. Um, in the future, I will, I'll tell them to install your app, honestly. Yeah. Um, we have a growing, a growing community. Our feature was launched about two months ago. And one of our big, most, I would say like fastest growing conditions is HIV. Um, there's so much stigma around having HIV and yeah. people being scared, but if you find someone that's going through what you've gone through, it's easier and it can be mentally tolling to be diagnosed and then having no one to go to. Absolutely. This is why we built this. We want you to be able to go to a safe space and find someone that you can relate to and can help you in your journey if you're starting or wherever you are in your journey. Yes, absolutely. The term safe space, that is something that I've been saying over and over and over. I think that people need to feel safe at work. I think that they need to feel like they can be honest about what's happening. I 
did not feel that way at first. I had a complete breakdown in uh, 2020. Yeah. And um, I, I continued to work, you know, <laughs> until I couldn't. I think when the pandemic started, a lot of people had, I would say, breakdowns and mental health was like at its highest. It still is. And I think being able to say, like, express your feelings to someone and how you're feeling and vent is a good idea. It's, it's a good way to maybe help you cope with whatever you're going through. Absolutely. And it also just, it enforces a, you know, team um environment you you work with people all day every day you you know should be friendly with them <laughs> you don't have to be like friends or you know besties but you should generally care about the people that work alongside you as people i think yeah, yeah i agree <laughs> um here at Feeble, we do really take care of everyone that works that works in the team. I think it's very important also to do check-ins with whoever's working with us. Um, our team is a little like we're a little remote, so we're in different cities, but we have been able to communicate and improve our communication ways with technology and just checkings like, oh, how are you doing? How's it going? Or how is the snow day? Or just a quick check-in doesn't hurt exactly yeah treat each other as human beings i think in tech because we work with you know computers and code and reports and all of this like abstract stuff a lot of people sort of lose that emotional intelligence and like attachment i'm i certainly did for the longest time until i learned that you know as a leader the kind of the number one thing that you need is emotional intelligence yeah. for I your yeah being emotionally intelligent and self-awareness is what has really helped me i think it's still hard for me of course to achieve a perfect level of self-awareness but i think being able to understand my emotions and how i react to certain things has really helped me how to lead my team and respond to everyone else's needs Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I always tell people like I, I teach leadership and stuff, but I'm like not perfect myself. And I always in every course I teach, I tell people this is a process. It, it's not a switch that you're going to flip. It's just, you know, over time you learn how to draw like productivity yeah. out of talent um yeah it just as a woman it it can be you're like on this line between you have to be assertive oh but you can't be aggressive oh, you yeah. know <laughs> they don't yeah. like that you have to be careful but i think over time i've learned how to like use certain words communicate certain things and of course, it's a learning curve. I'm learning. <laughs> We're all learning. It's a process. But I think one of my main goals is to really work on my self-awareness. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's that's um, step one for sure. Yeah. And it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to reflect on yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
for some people, it literally breaks their brain and they like refuse to acknowledge any wrongdoing or or anything like that. I can tell you the first time I was a manager, I was awful. <laughs> I did not do well. <laughs> I was a people pleaser, you know, and that just doesn't work either. Yeah. Well, line between being a people pleaser and being assertive and not being a bitch sorry <laughs> no no that's fine yeah exactly uh, hard but you learn and live and that's what I've been doing <laughs> yeah exactly I, I really like your persistence you know how when people tell you no you just keep at it over and over this is another um theme in my life you know and it is just really important for women, especially to know that one no isn't all the no's. You know? yeah. I said no way too many times just then, but yeah, you, I, you get it. It's also hard. It's you, you want to make your team happy, you, but you also need to learn how to say no and when to put a stop. And yes, it can be hard at first. But once you learn how to, I guess, defend your point of view and sort of show why you're choosing to say no, that's how things start flowing. Exactly. I think it's important for people to approach a conversation not with the intent of uh, proving your own point, you know, but listening and yeah. having a conversation. I I have a lot of, you know, complaints that I send to people in in like a assertive but professional way. And whenever I receive a reply back that's just the person reiterating why the thing won't change, like I don't feel listened to. And I think the people need um that you know, conversational strategy overall. I think something that we've been practicing a lot of FIBO is active listening. So we have bi-weekly meetings where the entire team meets. And of course, when you have meetings where a lot of people are meeting, there's going to be a lot of ideas. Um, there's going to be a lot of opinions. There's going to be a lot of conversations going on and you need to be able to filter out what is productive and what is not. And people need to learn to listen before commenting or giving their opinion. And that's something we have been working on is active listening. I love that. Yeah, that is also a thing that I teach a lot. And I'm I'm not perfect at it, but it really um, helps to approach it from a place where, you know, you're listening to the person and then reiterating what they said, because often people will hear what they want to hear. Oh my God, that... <laughs> happens to me all the time <laughs> yeah um yeah no <laughs> I was gonna say something but you know I'll I'll keep that one to myself um but yeah it's just like when um you can tell that the person is hearing your words with a completely different meaning and it is bonkers yeah it is bonkers <laughs> yeah it happens all the time <laughs> it happens a lot and we have to learn how to navigate these I would say miscommunications exactly <laughs> yeah 
exactly. Um, what uh, drives innovation and your overall solutions um, for your users of your app? Um, I think it's first we listen to our users. We are really out here to give a solution and empower all of our users. So we tend to have conversations with our users on a monthly basis. What do you like? What would you like to see next in a couple months? What's working for you? What's not working for you? That's part of what drives innovation. And I also think it's our team. Like I mentioned to you before, our team is fairly young and they're so excited to build and develop new things. They're always like, oh, why do we do this? And I came up with this really great idea and we're so open to new ideas. Um, it's not hard to have something implemented in Vivo or approved. I think we are a team that's open and welcome. we welcome new ideas and there's no bureaucracy when it comes to let's build something new or let's, let's build connect. We're like, okay, that's a good idea. Let's try it out and see what happens. So I think it's a combination of listening to our users and the team we've built that's extremely creative and wants to innovate. Nice. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I love about your app, it, speaking of user feedback, the um, tracking uh, food oh, and yeah. water, but yes. also pee and poo, you know, yes. that's a part of the app. I, this past year and a half, I lost 50 pounds. And yeah, and it was just, you know, lifestyle changes. I, I quit my job, then my stress went all the way down. So there you go. But using the app to see how like healthy I I am in, in terms of, you know, replenishment and waste, we'll call it that is amazing. I love it. Um, Once a user starts logging in, more and more of their symptoms, their stool logs and everything else, we are looking to send our users recommendations. Let's say you haven't logged water for the past five days, you're like your water goal, and then you see that maybe you're constipated, right? So our, our data and our system would send a recommendation to the user and be like, hey, heads up, you haven't had water for the past three days, maybe that's why you're constipated. That's amazing. That is amazing. Cool. <laughs> like find correlations between what you're logging in or maybe lack of sleep maybe this is flaring your symptoms if you start tracking in and logging in and using it on a daily basis it will send you recommendations based on what you're putting in that is so helpful that is definitely a innovation um a lot of people don't realize how you know stress nutrition, exercise, all of that really impact your physical, you know, yeah. health. <laughs> happened to me. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't sleeping my eight hours and I'd seen that I was having lots of, cause I do use a tracker and I use everything on the app and I've been seeing that I've been having headaches and I'd been like bloated and it'd been like stress levels were high. <laughs> I wasn't sleeping well. And this led to the headaches and migraines. So the app actually told me like, you need to take a break or you need to sleep for more than six hours. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Telling people to take a break is something that has not been really American for the past, you know, ever. 
until now that people are just realizing the stress of everything can really, you know, hurt you physically. Like I, I gained 50 pounds because I was stressed out and I was like stress eating um, and I couldn't stop. So yeah, <laughs> that was quite the journey for me. <laughs> what virtual abuse just be a tool for users and give you this sort of powerful tool so you can manage whatever you're going through, whatever condition you're going through, what's going with you and provide you with, it's like a toolbox. You have the news feed, then you have the food logs, the other logs, the symptom trackers, and they all come together and it sends you recommendations. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. Um, so moving on, uh, have you had any, you know, like less than stellar experiences as a female, you know, I think leader? Probably the most stressing times for me were when I was trying to raise funds. Um, it is hard because it can be very discouraging and it can make you like we talked about before is it can make you question yourself and once you can be in a pitch and you can get extremely nervous and then they start firing you with questions that maybe you're too nervous at that moment and yes it's been hard I think the hardest times for me were when I was trying to seek funds because that's when I question myself the most yeah I think um walking into a room and I'm I'm assuming it was a lot of men, right? Like generally, I use I think I was generally the only woman. Yeah, I can relate as a female developer. I was often the only woman on the team, you know. Oh. Um, but I am really, really happy that it worked out for you in the end, and you were able to, you know. Well, I'm expand. still on growing okay. and expanding um it's still not over I know okay it's not, yeah i mean it's it's never over right <laughs> i know there's going to be way more coming up ahead but this really helped me regroup the thoughts i had on myself and how i viewed myself and now i can say that i can do this when i would question myself every single night and i know it was a risk i was taking when i accepted to start on Fibo. And now it's like extremely rewarding. I love that. Um, <laughs> good for you. What uh, advice do you have for anyone who's interested in building a startup? Um, I think build a great team. I think you need to find the right people and make a really strong team. And the other one is, yes, you're going to get a lot of no's. You're going to feel... Sometimes like you're not on the right path, but if you believe in your product and what you're building is going to have an impact on or whoever's your target market, then you will be able to succeed, I think. <laughs> I love that. Yes, absolutely. Persistence and believing in yourself. I think um, it also helps to have support. People who are, you know, like yeah. rooting for you. Yeah. yeah. Having my family was my biggest support system. Yeah. I remember I called my dad and be like, I'm not sure what I'm doing is right. Or he's like, yes, you can do it. Like, look at yourself. Like, look how far you've come. Like, don't give up now. Absolutely. Don't give up now. When you feel like 
you want to give up, that's the point where you don't give up. Like yeah. that is the most important part. I, when you want to give up, that's when you need to change your mindset and be like, okay, no, I can do this. Like, look how far I've come. Why am I going to give up now? I have so much more to do. Absolutely. Yeah. That is amazing. I could talk to you about all of this stuff all day. Um, but we should wrap this up because I know you're very busy and very successful. Um, where can people um, connect on social media? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's just my, I'll send you a link. It's just my name, like Andrea Chiao. And you can connect and we can start any conversations. Feel free to message me. That's awesome. Thank you so much again. I appreciate your time more than I can tell you. You're actually the first person I've I've had on who I wasn't connected to at all and and, and I didn't know. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. Uh, to the audience, if you want to support us, please like, subscribe, and share this episode with your fellow gems. Let me know in the comments what other topics you would like me to cover and follow Tiaras and Tech on social media. Thanks for watching or listening and have a great day.